God, we love you, and uh, we are, again, just so thankful that you're with us this morning, God. We're thankful that, we, that we're able to come and to worship together, that we're able to come and to, to open up your word together, to hear your word together, uh, to sing songs together, that we, can, that we can do this in freedom, God. We live in a place where we can come and not be in fear of, of, of going to jail or of being killed for our beliefs, God. God, we, we are uh, we're thankful that you loved us enough to send your son to die for us. God, as we continue this morning, would I pray as I do every week, God, that you would speak through me, that this would not just be a message that would be from my lips to, to the minds and ears of your people, but they would just be from your, straight from your mouth, God, to the, to the minds and the hearts of your people. God, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to start uh, a four-week journey of faith this morning. We left off uh, our Multiply series last week talking about taking risks. Right? Francis Chan gave us a video, and he says, I'll be praying that you take risks. I'll, I'll be praying that you go out of your comfort zone and that you take risks and that you lead someone to Christ. And so we're going we're gonna to talk for the next four weeks about a faith that takes risks, an unbelievable kind of faith. And I, and I think that that faith is found in the person of Elisha in the Old Testament. We're going to spend uh, the, next, the next four weeks looking at a guy with, with unbelievable faith in First and Second Kings named Elisha. Now, some of you may think I just said Elijah, and I didn't. Elijah is a, is a well-known prophet in the Old Testament. He's one of the great prophets that we look to. Right? Elijah was a guy who was, who was bold, and he was daring, and he was outspoken. Right? If you need a, a snapshot of Elijah, you can go to 1 Kings chapter 18, which is one chapter before we're going to be today. 1 Kings chapter 18, where Elijah challenges basically 950 prophets of Baal and Asherah to a challenge. He says, hey... Here's the deal. We're going to build an altar and we're going to put something on there. And, and at the end of the day, we're going to pray. And whoever's God can light the altar on fire, that's the true God. Right? And Elijah takes on these 950 prophets. And, and they're, you know, they set up their altar. They're doing their thing. And about noontime, Elijah starts to taunt them a little bit. Right? Where's your God at? Right? Maybe you should just speak a little louder. Maybe, maybe he can't hear you. Maybe he's on vacation, right? Maybe, maybe he's sleeping. And so they begin to yell louder, and they begin to cut themselves, as was the custom back then. And, and night came, and nothing happens. And Elijah, full of, of a, a Peter-like cockiness, right, says, hey, I want you to get four jars of water and just pour it on, the, pour it on my offering. Now do it again. That's good. Now do it again. And they poured so much water that a, that a trench was filled around this, this sacrifice. And he calls down fire from heaven. He says, so that these people may know that you are the true God. Would you, just, would you basically ignite this sacrifice? And fire from heaven comes down and ignites the sacrifice. This is Elijah. Elijah is a bold prophet, a daring prophet, right? And we get to, to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we get introduced to a man named Elisha. And Elisha uh, is, is, one of, is, is another one of these great prophets, but, but Elisha was, was pretty much just a normal guy. Right? Elisha was pretty much just a normal guy, but, but Elisha wanted to be like Elijah. In fact, in 2 Kings chapter 2, where it was just kind of the end of the story between Elisha and Elijah, in 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah is about to be taken away in, this, in a chariot of fire 
right? And, and he says, Elisha, what do you want me to give you before, before I go away? And Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. And God grants this, this double portion of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah goes on to, to, to we, in the Bible, the, the second most recorded miracles in the Bible are done by Elisha, second to Jesus. Elisha has, has all these miracles in the Old Testament, but oftentimes he's kind of, he's kind of forgotten because of Elijah. Elijah's kind of like the, the, the louder older brother, if you will, right? Most people don't think of Elisha, but Elijah is the one. And so but we're going to spend some, some four weeks here talking about Elisha because Elisha's story is a story of just some, some unbelievable faith. And this morning, we're going to look at, at the beginning of his story. But, but like I said, Elisha is just an ordinary guy. Elisha is not the, the son of, a, of anyone important. He's not the son of a priest. He's not a monk, right? He's not this, this outward spiritual giant. That's just not who Elisha is at this point in his life. He's a normal guy. He's, he's working at home, living at home with his parents. He's working on the farm. And God calls him to something bigger. We're going to go into 1 Kings this morning. 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. This is the beginning of Elisha's story. I want to read this. 1 Kings 19, verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now this is just an unbelievable beginning to a story. Right? This, is, this is just the beginning of Elisha's story. Right? This, this beginning of, I just, I just want to break this down for a second. Right? Elisha is, is plowing with 12 yokes of oxen. Right, this, this, is, this means he's not just a nobody, right? He's, he's somebody. He has a, a good amount of oxen. He's got some money. His family's got some money there. But notice he's, he's doing his job. He's, he's probably doing the same job he's been doing his whole life. Right? And as I was thinking about this, this this week, I was thinking, man, how monotonous would this life have been? Right? He's, he's literally, he's, he's going, he's, he's got these 12 yoke of oxen. He's driving the last one, which means he's looking at the tail end of oxen all day, right? Not the view that I would quite want to have during my work day, just looking at, at an oxen tail. And so I, I was just thinking about this, and I, I, can't, I can't imagine that Elisha was thinking anything other than, man, I just feel like I'm doing the same thing every single day. Have you ever felt like that? Man, I just feel like my day is the same every single day. I set my alarm, and then I wake up, and I brush my teeth, and I go to work, and then I come home, and I have dinner, and then I, we start over again the next day, and it's the same, and it's over and over and over again. But Elisha has, is being faithful in what he's doing. 
Elisha is being faithful in what he's doing. He's, he's, being fa- he's faithfully continuing the family business. And enter Elijah into the picture. And Elijah comes into the picture, and, and it doesn't even say he, he says anything. It just says that he threw his cloak on Elisha. Now what this was, is, is this was kind of a custom back then. It was, and it was basically Elijah saying, as we read in the New Testament, follow me. It was Elijah saying, what I can do, you can do. The, what I am under, you are now under. I am passing the mantle on to you. This is now yours. Do with it whatever you will. And I think from, from Elisha's response, I think there's really, there's really two, two main thoughts that I want to talk about this morning that I want to talk about in, in the sense of us, in the sense of this, this unbelievable faith, this, this risk-taking kind of faith that we find in Elisha here. I think there's, there's two thoughts from his response. And here's, here's the first thought, is that you don't have to know all the details to obey immediately. We don't have to know all of the details. We don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Now, Elisha didn't, didn't know what was about to happen. He just knew this prophet has come and he has placed his mantle on me. He has no idea what the next step is. This, but, but look at what he does. He says, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And so he does it and then he follows Elijah. Notice what he didn't have to do. He didn't have to pray about it. Did my pastor just say that? He didn't have to make a pro and con list. He didn't have to go speak to the counselor about what he felt like God was maybe calling him to do. He didn't have to to walk it by mom and dad first. Hey, here's, guys, I I just, uh, this guy Elijah just came, and he put this thing on me, and I'm thinking about following him. What do you think? No, it was, it was an immediate response. Elisha has no idea what the next steps are going to be, but he knows the first one. He knows the first step is to say yes and to go follow Elijah. This is, this is the first step. And I, I really do believe that this is how God works. We, we want to, to just tell God, God, I want the details. And God just wants to say, you can't handle the details. Right, I'm right out of that movie. You can't handle the truth, right? You can't handle the details. God's basically saying, if I told you everything that was about to happen, you wouldn't even begin this journey with me. But take this first step. Take this first step with me. This is how God works, and sometimes it's just one word. I mean, you think about in, in, in Scripture, right? We read Moses and Abraham. God basically just says one word, Go. And they went. Right, Moses, I need you to go. Moses goes. Abraham, go to this land that I have for you. Abraham went. I could go on and on in the Old Testament. We talked about some of those in our last series. All right, but then you look in the New Testament, and there's, this, there's, there's a sense that, yeah, even Peter, right? Peter is, is uh, they're, they're at the lake, and Jesus comes walking out to the boat on the water, and, and Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. Peter gets out of the boat. He starts to walk on water. All right, this, sometimes just one word. It's, it's just a word. 
But it's our responsibility, even not knowing all the details, to take that first step and obey immediately. Even not knowing the details, we need to obey immediately. Even though we may not understand fully what God is calling us to, we need to obey immediately. Some of you this morning just need to hear that one word. Some of you are struggling with whether or not to, to stay at a job or to, to, to... And God is just telling you this morning to stay. You're going through a hard time, whether it be at home or, or with, with some relationships, and God is just telling you to, to trust Maybe you're, maybe you're thinking about starting something new. Maybe you're thinking about, about going on a, on a journey of where you think God is calling you to. And God is just simply saying this morning, start. But God, how and why and when? And, and how am I going to know this? And how am I going to know that? And, and what if this happens? And what if this happens? And go. Start. Some of us need to hear that one word from God and then just Go. Right, so we, even though we may not understand fully, we need to obey immediately. And here's another thing I think we can learn from Elisha, and I think this is probably the most important thing I want to talk about this morning, is this. That the people that God uses the most are those who hold on to the least. I'm going to say it again. I want you to think about that with me. The people that God uses the most are the people that hold on to the least. I mean, think about Elijah's response here. What does Elijah do? It's not just, let me go tell my mom and dad I'm leaving. Right? We get to, to verse 20. So Elisha left him and went back to, his, to kiss his father and, mother, father and mother goodbye. But look what happens next. He took his yoke of oxen which if there was 12 yokes, there's, there's 24 oxen here. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah, and he became his servant. I mean, this is just an unbelievable story here. This is, this is just unreal. God is calling me to, to follow this prophet. God is calling me to, to become like this prophet. What do I do? Well, what I do is I, is I kill the cows and I, and I burn the plows, right? This is what I do. And I got I to gotta tell you, now, as a, as, a, as a dad, if my daughter came in and said, Dad, this is what, I'm, this is what, I'm, what, what God is calling me to do, I'm burning plan B. Plan B is not an option. The only option is plan A, trusting God. I'm just going, Dad. I'm just going. I'd be like, man, Ash, I, I love your faith right now. But maybe can we just hold on to, to some options back here? Maybe can we just hold on to maybe just a piece of plan B, just, just in case, you know? But Elisha doesn't do that. Elisha, all right, Elisha gets the mantle from Elijah, says, let me go kiss my mom and dad goodbye, and then burns his plow and uses it to cook his oxen, give it to the people in the city, and leave. There is no plan B for Elisha. Elisha's plan A is I'm going to follow Elisha, Elijah, because I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. And if this is what God is calling me to, then I'm all in. I'm all in. 
I mean, this is, just a, this is just an unbelievable, but what we see in Scripture is that when people are, are, when people are just caught into God, when people are truly moved by God, they do some ridiculous things when they begin to follow Him. I mean, this is the story of Elisha, right? Elisha literally, all right, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to burn my plows, and I'm going to cook my oxen, and I'm going to give all the meat away. There's a story in Luke chapter 5 as well. It's when when Peter first meets Jesus. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put a little out from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Basically, I'm pretty sure you don't know what you're doing. I'm a fisherman. I do this all the time. We don't put out in the middle of the day. It's just not what happens. But because you say so, I'm going to do it. Because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Reminds you of Isaiah a little bit. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Now, sometimes we, we look at the story and we talk about how Jesus is calling Peter and, and these other disciples to come and to follow him, that they're going to fish for people now instead of fish, right? But we, we leave out this last line here. It says, so they left everything and they followed him. What had they just done? They had just brought in two boatloads of fish. This is a, a year-making catch. I'm going to feed my family for, for a really long time with the money I make from selling all of these fish. It's, it's enough fish to sink two fishing boats. It says they left everything behind. And not even just the money in the boats, right? With the fish, they left their families behind. They left their, their community behind. And they followed Jesus. They had been moved by God, and immediately they went. They didn't say... Jesus, well, where do we do that? Where is this magic fishing hole where we fish for people? Right, where, where do we do this? Where are we going? Are we going far? Do I need to like, get my second pair of shoes here? Like what? No, it's immediately. Immediately they left everything and they followed Jesus. That's another story of just unbelievable commitment there. This commitment to say, God, I, I feel like you're in this. I, I know what you're calling me to. I, I understand that this is what you're calling me to, so I'm just going to go. I don't care what happens to anything else because I know that I'm looking at you. 
It's a, it's a, it's a sense that, that, that we cannot go back because God is calling us forward to something. Now, sometimes we just need to have in our lives a plow-burning kind of moment where we sense that God is calling us to something, and instead of just relying on, well, maybe this will be plan B in the future, just in case this doesn't work out, we burn the plows and we move forward as if God is saying, this is where I want you, and if this is where I want you, this is where you're going to be. And we say, God, if this is where you want me, this is where I want to be, and this is the only place I want to be. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to where I am. I'm burning this plow. In fact, I'm going to cook my oxen and give it away because I don't need this anymore. We need to sometimes have a a plow-burning kind of moment in our lives. To say, God, I know that you're you're calling me to this. And God, I'm scared. God, I don't know what this means if I follow you in this way. Some of us have been hearing a calling from God for a long time and haven't taken a step forward because of fear. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But today needs to be a burning the plow kind of day where we say, God, if you're calling me, I'm going. God, I'm going to take this first step even though I don't know the details. God, I'm going to take this first step even though I have no idea where this might lead me. God, I'm going to do this because I feel like you're calling me to this. And it's not just a a feeling that you get. There's a sense that when God is calling you to something, you know that you know that you know that this is what God is calling you to. And if you know that you know that you know that God is calling you to something, who are you to say no? It's time to burn the plow. It's time to take the first step away from home, away from the comfortable, and to get going in what God has for you. Some of us have our security blankets, right? Anybody else grow up with a security blanket? No hands. I'm alone. Thanks. Uh, I actually didn't have a blanket. I had a pillow. It was like a pillow with a heart on it that I got from one of my babysitters. I think my mom still has it. I took that thing everywhere, apparently. I don't remember, but I had the security pillow, security blanket. Some of us have these kind of things in our lives as well. We have these things that we just, we cling to. I know this is, I know this is right. I know I'm comfortable here. I know that I'll be okay if I just keep doing this. I know that, that I know. It's just that we know what this is. We know what's going on here. We know what's going on in our security. But here's what I want you to know this morning. If you leave hearing nothing else, I want you to hear this this morning. To step towards God's desired end for your life. You have to step away from your security. Because if there's one thing I know about the God that I follow, it's that he does not desire comfort necessarily for you. His call is not to live comfortably. His call is not to live under your security blanket. His call is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. His call is to to go and to be his witnesses. There's going to be some times when the comfort blanket just isn't right anymore. 
I think to, to fully step into what God has for your life, you have to take a step out of your security. And maybe you just need to, to throw a match back there and burn the plow. From Elisha, we hear that we have to have the faith to obey. Obey fully, even when we don't understand fully. And I think we have to be the people that are willing to, to turn around and burn the plow because God, the people that God uses the most are the people who hold on to the least. What is it that you are holding on to this morning? What are you holding on to this morning that you need to let go? What is God calling you out of? What is God calling you to? He might not even be calling you out of something, but what is God calling you to? That you need to take this first step away from your security. What is that this morning? What is God calling you to? What is God calling you to? What plow is God calling you to burn this morning? Because I know God's calling you to follow Him this morning. That's a constant call on all believers. Follow me. Are you willing to turn around and burn the plow and say, God, whatever this takes, I'm in. Whatever it takes, God, I'm in. Let's pray. And as we pray, I just want you to, to think about this this morning. I want you to just reflect for a second. What is God calling you to? Maybe it's just one word. Would you just pray that God would give you that one word this morning? To, uh, What are you calling me to? Maybe it's to go. Maybe it's to stay. Maybe it's to start. Maybe it's to stop. What is God calling you to do this morning? And then secondly, are you willing to, are you willing to burn the plow? Are you willing to do what it takes? To have the kind of faith that says, whatever it takes. To have the kind of faith that says, there's no plan B, only plan A. I'm looking into the eyes of Jesus and I'm just going to go for it. Let's pray this morning. God, God, we love you and we are just, uh, we're thankful for you and we're in awe of you this morning. God, sometimes I think we need reminders like this story in, in, in 1 Kings here. The story of Elisha and this faith to be able to say, well, let me just go say bye to my mom and my dad. And, and while I'm at it, I'm just going to burn everything and cook up my oxen and give it to the city because I, I don't want to leave anything here. There's no plan B, only plan A, God. God, help us to have this, this plan A mentality where we're, we're, only, we're just focused on you, focused on following you. God, help us to have this faith. This faith is a faith that will take risks. This faith is a faith that will make us uncomfortable. But God, we know that you are with us in our discomfort, that you are with us in our weakness, that in our weakness you are made strong, God. It doesn't matter what you're calling us to because if you are there, we will succeed. We will do it because you are calling us to it. God, this morning, would you, would you show us each something you're calling us to? Just give us the word. God, tell us to go. Tell us to stay. Tell us to, to leave. Tell us to, 
to start something, tell us to end something. God, whatever the word might be, God, would you just give us that word? And will we have the courage this morning to say yes? Will we have the courage this morning to take this first step of faith and say, I'm all in? God, we love you. And we thank you for your presence in this place this morning. And we pray that it would go ahead of us as well. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As we go, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Just, just receive this blessing. May the God of grace and peace and love, may he speak to you this week. May he, may he call me, call you out of something and towards his desire for your life this week. May you chase it. And may God's grace and love give you the courage and the boldness to go after it and to make a difference in your community, wherever you may find yourself. Go in the peace of Christ this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.